Jazzcast Pros. Hello, and welcome back to High Vibe Table Talks. I'm your host, Brashawn Hargrave. I am so excited about our guest today, Amelia from Sunnyside Up Coaching. And what you're really going to get from this episode is that you need to decouple the should from your decision-making process and really trust yourself on what the next right step is. She has a couple of great tactics that you can use today if you're in a state of what is next, what's the right next step. A lot of people's careers are built on shoulds. And one way to look at a should is that it's very external. Like, what did other people tell you about this? Like, our shoulds are never really internal unless we've internalized someone else's expectations and external feedback that we've received. It's getting back to that desire and getting back to what is it that you want. And so I think the most important part of what I do is helping people figure out what's true for them and what's motivating for them and making that okay. Hello and welcome back to the High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, move mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your someday desires. So let's dive right into the convo. Thanks so much for having me. I am really excited to have you on today. First, I want to hear a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve. Yeah. My company is called Sunny Setup Coaching, and I work with professionals across different industries and sectors to clarify their vision for the next step in their career and then to help them achieve that. You know, how they're marketing themselves, how they're talking about their transferable skills, and to really catapult themselves into that next step, even if it's a level up or something fairly different from what they've been doing up to this point. Yeah, that's really important. I think that when we're working, we get so focused on how our skills apply to our current position. And then when we feel stuck, it's hard to kind of step back and say, okay, I'm really good at project planning for the software company. How could I use those skills in another sector? And how do I show those to potential employers? And what do I even look for in what my next step is? Yeah, exactly. And I think not only do people become immersed in their jobs and the specific tasks associated with that, but I also think they become immersed in this company jargon and they really, really don't know how to tell other people what they're doing. You know, somebody who's not familiar with the language or the acronyms or the whatever it is in your company, like how do you really distill down what you've done so that somebody else understands it and can see the transferable skills? Yeah. ABC for business. And it is action breeds clarity. It's such a powerful statement. Tell us more about that and what it kind of means to you. There are a lot of people who come to me and they say that, you know, they've been thinking so much about the next step in their career. And, you know, should they go back to school? Should they take this program? Should they like, they really, really think that they need to have it all figured out and then they can take the next step, right? So they'll plan like the next four or five years of their career. They're like, okay, I'm going to go into this program and I'm going to get this outcome and I'm going to apply to these kind of jobs. And what I find with that approach is that people are thinking way too long ahead without really testing their hypotheses along the way. Like for instance, example of someone who wants to become a dental hygienist because they say, hey, that's not too much schooling, like pretty good pay, pretty good hours, let's do that. 
Okay, but have you tested this theory about whether or not you'd enjoy working in people's mouths all day, right? So it's like simple things like that. And so what action breeds clarity means to me is that we're taking small steps that will provide us with new clarity and insights to help us see the path forward. Because I think a lot of people assume that they'll see the whole path and then they'll take those steps. Whereas like the path really reveals itself as we're taking those small actions to clarify what direction we're heading in and what we really want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so powerful too, because like you said, what if you wanted to become a dental hygienist and then you apply for school, get in, take out all these loans, and then you realize you don't like being in people's mouths or it's not the pay doesn't outweigh how much in loans you're going to take, or they have to work holidays and you don't want to work holidays or any, like there's so many things that you're going to learn along the way that maybe you didn't even realize were going to be there. And I think it's a great conversation in our relationship with the universe and that we don't have to figure it all out and things are going to show themselves in time, but we have to show up and pick up the other end of the stick of taking some action before they do show themselves. Yeah. And I'd love to ask you, you know, how have you applied this advice of action breeds clarity? Like when is a time that you sort of like look at that and you're like, oh yeah, action breeds clarity. For me, it's it's most prominent when I network mm-hmm. because the people that I meet and the connections and collaborations that have happened during those conversations are things that I never could have done on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's people think that the universe is woo woo, but sometimes it shows up in a partner that knows a banker who can give you a loan or has this perfect grant for you, or has a friend who's looking to do free business project planning audits. And so it's just one more step into, it's not like it's this perfect thing is going to fall into your lap. It's I met this person who's going to help me take one more step on the journey. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And I think one of the ways that's showed up for me in my career coaching practice is, you know, I imagine myself mostly working with women who were, you know, a few years younger than me, at least a decade into their career. And what's really shown up for me in the last like six months is I've been working with a lot of middle-aged men who are in the last chapter of their career who are like, okay, now's the time. If I'm ever going to do something that feels meaningful, if I'm going to go out with a bang, if I'm going to really be proud of what I've accomplished, like, let me think about it now. And, you know, they do say to me that they wish that they had done that sooner and not gotten to like 40 years into their career before deciding how they want to make an impact and what would be most meaningful to them. But it's just sort of interesting how we have our own ideas of, you know, where we're useful and where we can help and something else might show up. Someone else might show up and we're like, oh yeah, I can help. I can help this person. This is actually a really fruitful conversation. One of the ways that you help people that is so powerful is that our career is very wrapped in shoulds. This Mm, is what I should mm -hmm. be doing. This is the direction I should be going. I'm good at math. So I should be an accountant or I should be, you know, and this is what my career path should look like. And when we shed some of those, we can get more into what feels good to us and what we want to be doing and how we want to show up. 
Yeah, exactly. It's so, so true. I think people are really focused on the external aspects and, you know, they say to them, like, I can't tell you how many people tell me I want a stable, lucrative career. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a firm believer in the, in the fact that the most stable and lucrative career comes from doing what you really, really enjoy. You know, when I go back to my first memory of somebody telling me that, oh, maybe that's not a realistic path. You know, I was telling my mom that I want to become an author. And she said, well, yeah, and I must've been like seven or eight at the time. And she said, well, you know, you can do that as a hobby, but you know, authors don't really make money. It's like, really mom, what about JK Rowling? Right? Like (laughs) really though, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it's so interesting how we kind of knock these ideas out of ourselves and other people knock these ideas out of us. And I think one of the things that I realized is people are always speaking from the perspective of what they feel is possible for them Mm -hmm. and not necessarily what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's all a projection. It's not truth. It's projection. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is what I, this is how I think and feel. So this must be what's true for you. You're Mm -hmm. so full of these like great practices to bring back awareness. And so the idea is to far T F A R. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that process with us and how sometimes we do it backwards? Yes. I need to give credit where credit is due. So my former coach, Emily Fierce, introduced me to this practice and it's helped me overcome so many things by just really understanding what's going on in my brain and in my heart around a certain thing that I'm avoiding or, you know, having a hard time accomplishing. So the acronym is TAFAR or the other way around, you can say it RAFT. To give you an example, like I really struggled to show up on social media, right? I was always talking myself out of it. I'm busy. Oh, I don't know. And they're like, there are all these trends and people are dancing and I don't want to dance and all these <laughs> things, right? So the way this acronym works for this specific scenario is like, what are all the thoughts associated with, you know, social media for me? So this takes a lot of time. You know, my last post only got 30 likes. What's the point of that? You know, the algorithm is against me and wh- whatever those things are. And then the feelings that come up with that are like powerlessness, right? Like this is out of my hands. This isn't something that's within my control. Demotivation, just feeling low energy around, you know, showing up. So then you kind of do a dump around like what are the feelings associated with that? And then the action that you take as a result of those thoughts and feelings are no action, right? You don't show up on social media. And then the result is you don't grow your following. You don't get better at social media you don't figure it out. So now working backwards from the result that you want. So if you want to grow your following, you want to figure out social media, you want to get better at it, you want to connect with more people. So then the action that you need to take is to show up consistently on Instagram or whichever social media platform of your choice. And so then what are the thoughts and the feelings that you need to cultivate? Like, to sort of look at those limiting beliefs and those limiting thoughts. And so for the example of, you know, the 30 people liked this. Okay, well, when was the last time you were in a room with 30 people who were all listening to you speak and, you know, learned about what you're doing for your business? So then you say to like, then the thoughts that I would want to cultivate are, even if this helps one person, I am happy with that. If this Mm -hmm. inspires one person, if this helps one person out of their rut, or if this helps one person take action, that's enough for me. Why not? Right. So thinking about those thoughts and then the feelings that they'll cultivate, and then it gets you to the action and the result. So yeah. Yeah. So you work, 
forward and backward with it. Yeah. That's really, really great. It's just, it's a way to step out of our brain when it tries to get into keeping us small and safe because it, that's what it's here to do, but it's not really being all that helpful. (laughs) Yes. It's the, it's the safety department of our brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I always say, and I think this analogy comes from Elizabeth Gilbert is that fear is going to be along for the ride, but it's in the backseat, not touching the GPS or the radio. You know, and so understanding that it's going to show up and then saying, okay, I see you. Thank you. But here's the thoughts and feelings that I want to have to create the results that I want. Exactly. And I remember that, uh, that analogy too, from big magic and yeah, yeah, super cool. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, Hey fear, I know you're going to come on every single freaking road trip with me, (laughs) but here are the Doritos and please show up. (laughs) Exactly. So one of my greatest privileges is seeing the growth of not only people's businesses, but their journey as well. And so when we first started working together, you had defined yourself as a career coach, which is still the definition of of what you do and what you help people with. And it really evolved into like clarity coaching, which then really led deeply into intuitive work around your career and your life. And so I think that one of the beautiful things that you do is like you said before, people come to you and say, I want a lucrative, stable career. Well, that looks very different for me than it does for you, than it does for all these other people. And so you ask such amazing questions about like, what does that mean? And getting people to look within about what they want versus externally. So I'd love to hear kind of more about that journey and how you got there. It's really interesting because as you were saying before, a lot of people's careers are built on shoulds. And one way to look at a should is that it's very external. Like what did other people tell you about this? Like our shoulds are never really internal unless we've internalized someone else's expectations and external feedback that we've received. It's getting back to that desire and getting back to what is it that you want? And so I think the most important part of what I do is helping figure it Uh, helping people figure out what's true for them and what's motivating for them and making that okay, right? Not judging yourself for the fact that, hey, I don't like, you know, this category of tasks and I don't want that to be part of my next job description or making it okay that, you know, that you've invested 10 years into a career that you really don't want to continue to build on. And so really helping people figure out what's true for them and one of the things that I find people do is they think about what they want and then immediately it's followed by of why they can't have it. Mm. And so I really try to break those up because very often we're making assumptions, right? So there was this um, client that came to me and they said, you know, I think I need to have this kind of course and this kind of certification to get these jobs. And I said, well, you know, but have you tried applying to these jobs without this certification and see what response you get based on the experience that you already have. Very often people are making assumptions, but they're closing the loop for themselves and they're not following that desire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're hearing no before they've even asked the question. Yeah. They're saying no and and pretending that that's an external no, when that's really like something that they've, you know, said to themselves. Yeah. What do most people get wrong when they feel stuck in their career and want to make a change? Like, is it just the nose or are there other missteps that they take during that process? 
I think sometimes the biggest problem can be Google. (laughs) What are the best jobs in 2023? (laughs) You know, what are some great skills to have for the future economy? You know, so first people judge their desires based on the information that they've received over time from the people around them. But then even as they look to embark on the next step in their careers or figuring out what they want to do next, they're also searching that external information. They're also like, well, what do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. Right. And what does Google think will be a good career? Because I don't want to be let go from a job. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think what people need to realize is that the most important skill to cultivate is that ability to market yourself. Because if you can talk about your experience and your talents and your transferable skills, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the future with the economy, because you're going to be able to relate to the different jobs and you're going to be able to know how your experience carries over into the next phase of something. Because a lot of the times, you know, people think that those certifications or those diplomas or that continuing education will essentially market them for them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they come out at the end of it and they think, okay, now this thing's going to sell itself, right? I'm going to put this on my LinkedIn and oh my God, I'm going to wait for recruiters to reach out to me. And like, you still need to be able to talk about what you learned through that certification or that schooling, because, you know, people assume that it's just known, but it's not. I mean, sure, there are some things that people understand, right? It's like if you're an MD or you have an MBA, like people understand what that means. But there are so many things where, you know, we still have to be able to articulate that. What did you learn and how can you apply that? And how can you leverage that information to solve the challenges of the business? So do you think that's cultivated through journaling work? I know that that's a practice that you have. Are there how best do people cultivate that skill of marketing themselves? Hmm, That's a great question. The easy answer for me is, of course, like working with a career coach and, you know, sharing your experience so then you can get someone else's perspective and they can kind of shine a light on things that you didn't see or mirror Mm -hmm. things back to you that you didn't notice. But yeah, like I, I definitely think journaling can be helpful in, in so many different ways and just asking yourself, okay, what happens if I do this or if I don't do this? Like, what is the chain of events, right? Um, You know, there was this a a database administrator that I worked with like in my first career uh, as a fundraiser. And we worked at the Humane Society. And she said to herself, well, if I do a good job in the database and if I can make things organized and, you know, I can make things clear and I can capture information in, in a way that's easy to pull back out, then the fundraising department has an easier time of, you know, doing direct mail or, um, you know, segmenting donors or figuring out who they should talk to. And so that way, you know, the fundraisers can do their work and then they help the organization, they help the animals that need their, you know, that need the funds, that need the support. So essentially, she was able to bring back what she does to the impact toward the mission. Mm-hmm. And so I think anyone can really do that and say like, okay, this task or this project that I'm working on, like, what is the bigger picture here? What is this helping to accomplish? And and what are the chain of events to get there? Regardless of what talents and skills you have, you can help a bigger mission. You can, you can have an impact. Mm-hmm. And if you just think critically about, you know, what, the different tasks and projects accomplish. Now, that being said, there are such things as like 
bullshit jobs kind of. <laughs> There's a whole book written uh called Bullshit Jobs. And you know, people are feeling increasingly um removed from the mission or the impact or the contribution that they want to make, depending on the job that they have, depending on the kind of company they work for. Like maybe they don't feel that it's very important or impactful. But I believe that anyone can use their skills and talents toward, you know, an organization or a company that they do care more about their mission and the work being done. Yeah. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes. The Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up. You have, from my perspective, a deep self-trust in your decisions and clarity around your next right steps. Have you always had something or is that something that you've had to develop along your path? That's a great question. I do think that there has always been an awareness of my inner self and my desires and what's going on with me. And I think journaling was always, you know, a part of my life and a, and a, having a diary or those kinds of things growing up. Those always really helped me. And I remember even when I was getting into my first career as a fundraiser, um, you know, everyone was telling me, they're like, well, you have a four-year degree. There's not really like a clear path for you from this degree. So maybe you should go back to school and get a master's or something, something that's more defined, something that has a more defined path. And then I remember saying like, why don't I just see what I can do with this? And if it turns out to be nothing, (laughs) then I can go back to school, right? But why would I assume that I can do nothing with these four years? So I do think that I've always had a reasonable amount of self-trust and just that idea of, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take things at face value in terms of what people say is possible for me. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, when I was let go from a job and it was like the most important job that I had on my resume, it was my first time being a manager. And, you know, I wanted to find another managerial role and everyone told me they're like, well, maybe you should set your sights a little lower. You know, you weren't in that job for too long. Like you don't even really have a positive reference because, you know, you were let go and i said no like i i want to have a managerial position i do believe that regardless of the outcome of this role i learned really valuable things that i can leverage for another organization and i did get another managerial role so yeah i don't know there's there's always definitely been something where like if i have a deep desire for something i don't let someone talk me out of it but I will say that that self-trust has really had to grow, especially because, you know, I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur. I always wanted that quote unquote stable paycheck. Yeah. So that self-trust really had to grow. And each time I, you know, make a new investment in my business or take another step, I have to go back to that self-trust. I have to ask myself, like, where am I making this decision from? Is it from fear or is it from a belief that I am capable Mm-hmm. It's really inspiring how you make decisions out of peace and out of the deep belief that things are going to work out for you. And not to say that in a like always optimistic about everything yeah. and just not having failures or missteps or pivots, but just a deep belief that you're going to figure it out either way. Yeah, thank you. 
And that is something that just sometimes just takes time. But yeah, it it is really interesting to see what happens when you just follow that belief. And it's okay that sometimes it's just irrational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to give you an example of that, you know, when um, my husband and I were planning our wedding just seven months ago, we decided that we wanted the wedding to be outdoors. And everyone said, well, you know, June 10th, like, I don't know, the weather might be nice. It might be crappy. It might be cold. It might be. And even as we got closer to the date, like, oh, it might be raining. Oh, there are all these forest fires, all these things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? Everyone said, you know, are you sure you want to have it outside? And I did. I just had this like deep, rational belief and I decided to follow it. And then like the wedding turned out to be really magical because the weather was perfect. And everyone was like, wow, like how did, how did this happen? Like, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think that's like the simplest example of, you know, just having a belief and even in something that's really far out of your control mm-hmm. um, and how that can work out. And again, it's a an example of how the work we do as entrepreneurs infiltrates its way into the rest of our lives, like how we show up with boundaries in our business or, and it can be vice versa. We can show up with boundaries in our personal life. And then that shows up as how we are as entrepreneurs, but just saying yes. And those beliefs. And I really think that being an entrepreneur is such a deep self work journey. That is just amazing. Yes, I agree. It's an extremely confronting path. Yes. <laughs> you, you cannot be an entrepreneur if you're not willing to face yourself, every belief you've ever had about yourself, every feeling you've ever had about yourself. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. can't you can't be an entrepreneur without doing that. Yeah. Hey y'all, it's your girl, Rosa Marie. And if you are enjoying this episode, check out Child Care Made Simple, the podcast to help you the daycare owner, human resource professional, and policymaker navigate ever-changing landscape of childcare by providing you simple, safe, and effective solutions. I am the owner of Marvelous Minds Academy in Rochester, New York. My mission is to leave the world better than I found it by ensuring childcare is not a barrier to progress for parents and helping young learners think limitless. Subscribe to the Child Care Made Simple podcast on the Jazzcast Pros Network, available right here on the podcast player you're listening to right now. There's so much more I could get into, but I want to be um, cognizant of your time. So we'll get into the lightning round questions. Okay, cool. A must read book is Playing Big by Tara Moore. Mm, yep. I read that in the suggestion of you and I highly, highly recommend that as well. Great. Creativity means to me. Yeah. Creativity means to me not following the path of shoulds and sort of d- defining what is fun and what feels like a fun next step. Mm-hmm. My favorite meal is brownies <laughs> Merlot. <laughs> brownies and Merlot. That's a meal, I promise. <laughs> it's all the nutritional categories for sure. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Something on my bucket list is? I've been uh, seeing a lot of uh, cool photos come out of like Arizona and just like hiking there. I think that would be super cool. Oh my, that is top of my bucket list as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be super cool. If I could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, it would be? Amanda Francis. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) I also love her book. Oh my God. Yes. But I think what I love about her most is 
the fact that she has deep self-love. And I also want to embody that as much as possible in my life. Yeah. And I mean, her book also is another one that it is very confronting. I think what's confronting is how much of a deep self-love she has. And it's like, wait, you can actually believe that about yourself. You can actually feel that confident in who you are and that have such a boundary around other people's expectations and ideas and projections. Like that's possible. And sometimes I think we shrink away from that and it comes out as that can't be true. You know? Yeah. I think the best advice that I, that I received like through her book is just like where, and it's not so much advice as it is a question, but I think the advice is to answer this question for yourself. In what areas of my life am I making myself wrong? Hmm. Where am I saying that the way that I'm doing things or the way that I want to do things is not okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. So where can people and listeners find and connect with you? So I am on Instagram at sunnysideup underscore coaching. And people can also find my work on my website, sunnysideupcoaching.ca. So those are the two easiest ways to find me. Perfect. And we'll put those in the show notes so people have easy links to find them. This is so wonderful. Thank you, Amelia, so much for being in my universe, being a part of this journey and for all of the, I mean, so many nuggets from our conversation as there always is when, when we chat, it's really, I'm really grateful. Yes. I'm really, really grateful too. And the last thing that I wanted to say is that like your group has been so amazing for me because it's really helped me cultivate these relationships and to have these cheerleaders and to be a cheerleader. And it's just such a fantastic group because it, it just helps you see what you can accomplish in a larger span of time. And like, I never miss, I never, ever miss a cohort. So yeah. Love, love your group. <laughs> I know. And one of the things I didn't even get to, and maybe we can come back to this at another time is like, I really want to write a book on what can happen in a year. Mm-hmm. And I think this past year for you has been, I mean, like this time last year, you were a team of one, you were running yeah. your business at doing all the things by yourself. Yeah. And now you're a team of four. Yeah. Yeah. Including myself, but yeah. Yeah. Including yourself. And you got engaged and married in that year as you grew your team. (laughs) Okay. I'm so nuts, aren't I? (laughs) But you're right. It is really, really cool to reflect on that. Like really cool. So proud of you. Thank you. Thanks, Amelia. Amelia is just so wonderful, isn't she? One of the funny things is that after we ended the recording, we ended up talking for another like 30 minutes, which part of me wishes that we could have recorded, but part of me is like, that's just how the relationships that we get to cultivate in the cohorts. It's just, I feel so grateful and so lucky. So I would love to connect with you and hear what you thought, if you took any, you know, big things away from the conversation. So if you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks and we will see you all next week. Want to live more into your zone of genius? Join the High Vibe community. There truly is something for everybody with our daily calls and easy to use app. Community truly is the best way to grow in whatever way you're looking to do. Whether you need inspiration, education, connection, motivation, you're gonna find it there. 
you have a whole group of cheerleaders who were walking through the same season as you and that makes a huge difference. They say at the gym the heaviest weight to lift is the front door and the front door of your next adventure is in the links below. It's high time you activated your high vibes.